This is the Picard Podcast from TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about Star Trek Picard, Season 2, Episode 7, Monsters. Fellow Trekkies and Trekkers, this is TV Podcast Industries. We're chatting about Star Trek Picard Season 2, Episode 7, Monsters. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. And rounding out this group of the duo this time, the number one and number two. Yes, we are a man down. Uh, John is not here this week. Uh, it is Easter weekend. Happy Easter for those of you who observe it and happy Passover for those of you who observe Passover. Uh, John's sister has arrived for the weekend. So uh, John is taking a little break um, and I'll be joining them after this, but uh, he's not here with us for this episode. No. And I will quickly just say happy Ramadan to anyone who's observing that as well. I think we've pretty got all major holidays in there, but do you mm-hmm. know what we don't have? John. Well, we just that, said that. Sorry, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and chocolate in front of me, so that's the second thing. Mm, no, yeah. what we don't have is a fantastic episode. <gasps> Let's yeah. get into it, because this one I want to talk about, because this is one I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Th- yeah. And it's one that as soon I have just finished watching it, and the second I finished, I turned to my partner and went, oh, no, I'm going to have to have bad discussions at this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. to Derek, before we get into our discussion, and it will be a valid and critical discussion where we looked at the good and the bad and everything in between Always. do you want to tell us who gave us what with this episode absolutely the episode was written once again by jane mags who's written uh, who's been a writer on at least the last two episodes uh, episode was directed by joe menendez um he hasn't directed an episode of star trek before but he has directed loads of genre tv shows including episodes from dust till dawn tv show from the 12 monkeys tv show and the most most recently he did the uh, did a number of episodes on the new kung fu series as well um and he is directing next week's episode episode uh, eight uh, as we know with the way they cover star trek picard they usually direct two episodes Uh, at a time when they have a director on board. So uh, it makes lots of sense that he'll be back next week. Excellent. In lieu of John, Mm -hmm. do you want to tell us what they gave us? Sure. In Teresa's medical clinic, the Watcher Talon creates a bridge to enter the subconscious mind of Jean-Luc. Picard revisits the traumatic moment when he was a child as his mother had a breakdown which almost led to his death. With the help of Talon, he faces his deepest struggle to wake from his coma state and learns that his father was not the monster that he once thought. As Talon convinces Picard that this trauma helped him save millions in the galaxy, there's more to this memory, but Picard awakes and realises this is all part of Q's plan for him. The only way to beat Q is to know him better. Jean-Luc reconnects with Guinan at her bar to contact Q, but the FBI turn up instead and arrest them both. As Rios tries to explain the advanced technology they used on Jean-Luc to Dr. Teresa, he gives up and tells her and her son Ricardo the truth. And as proof, he transports them both aboard La Serena, revealing everyone is from the future. Seven and Rafi follow the trail of Jurati and realise the crew of La Serena may have introduced the board to Earth before they have any way of defending themselves against them. So, there is a lot to talk about in this episode. Lots of stuff did happen. 
So we will go through our normal structure where we talk about our our major point, our medium-sized point, and our small point that we pick out from the episode. Um, but overall, as as the episode goes, I think I'm kind of with you, you Chris. This did seem a little bit like they're spinning the wheel a little bit. We've mm-hmm. kind of been here before. I kind of thought going into this episode with the massive cliffhanger of Jurati walking down the streets with Queen Borg inside of her, that that we are now in the end game is what I thought yeah. for the next four episodes of the show. Four episodes is a long end game, of course. But it feels like this ended with them kind of going backwards a little bit with another barrier up ahead of them. Yeah, no, and we're down to three episodes. And you put it best when you said it. Mm -hmm. It, This felt like they were spinning the wheels. That the whole point of this episode was to deliver the the story of Jean-Luc Picard's mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only to get to the end of it. And say, oh, wait, there's more. And you're like, no, 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 no. You just spent this whole 49 minutes telling me that this is the story. And they went, no, 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 no. But that's not all of it. We'll come back to it later. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, but why? Like, why? And literally, the know thy enemy is to know thyself. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure I've heard that before. Pretty sure there was another better way of saying this. I like Jean-Luc remembers that he read Shang Tzu one time, The Art of War, and goes, oh my god, wait, that's what it is. <laughs> there, there's other steps to this thing, but let's mm-hmm. not, let's let's break it down in a way that is uh, constructive. So, yeah. so let's jump straight into it with our small moment for this episode. Make it so, number one. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to kick off with probably my favourite thing about the episode, um, which is the introduction of the unnamed psychiatrist at the beginning of the episode. The reason why I'm so excited about this is because he's played by James Callis, who formerly played Dr. Gaius Baltar on the absolutely excellent Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. It's so good to see him here alongside Patrick Stewart for so many scenes in the episode. It was really good to see him in there. I've I've absolutely loved his performance in, in Battlestar Galactica. So uh, so seeing him in here as a uh, as a, a psychiatrist who's trying to help out uh, Picard at the beginning was really good, but I love that he got more to do as the episode went on and so as the reveal comes that that's actually Jean-Luc Picard's father. Um, and he's a betasoid? Or at least the psychiatr- psychiatrist of him is. Now, whether that means... Jean-Luc's father is a Betazoid, mm. or uh, that actual fact it's just him thinking because Deanna Troy is a Betazoid and she was the ship's counsellor, he expects yes. all ship's counsellors to be somewhat kind of Betazoid. Because <laughs> he doesn't recognise him as his father, of yes. course, to begin with. That comes much later on as a reveal. So uh, so potentially, yeah, he's kind of merged those two in this uh, fantasy that's going on in his head. But just great to see um, Dr. Gareth Baltar, James Callas, uh, back in a great sci-fi show as well. Exactly. And I love him. He also plays a la carte, um, um, if you read that backwards, Dracula, in Castlevania, the animated show on Netflix. Oh, very good. He is the very voice good. of a la carte. Um, and, or a la carte, excuse me. Um, a la carte. I, <laughs> I as know. you can see, I'm slightly hungry while we record this podcast. I, I was trying to say that backwards and Dracula didn't sound right. <laughs> it does though. It'd be really cool though. Dracula. That, see, that is like a serial that you want though, when you were a kid. Anyway, moving swiftly on. He, he's a great actor. Very happy to see him here. Yeah. Hoping now that, well, he has been cemented as Jean-Luc's father. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully it may give him more opportunity in the future. 
to be seen maybe in more flashbacks in yeah. season three, etc. Yeah, well, as as they say, there's a, they've put a pin in it. That story's not done. We will see more uh, in the future. And I know I'm going to come back and talk a bit more about the action. Yes, we uh, do have to. Goings on inside uh, Picard's mind uh, throughout this episode. But that was my small point. Really excited just to see uh, James Callison here. How about yourself, Chris? What's your small point for the episode? Uh, I'm going to kick off as I mean to go on here with a slight criticism. Um, no, jokes aside, th- this one... Um, it was the drunken businessman while Picard and Guinan are talking. Mm. Um, that they, it's as soon as Guinan shakes her head as uh, Picard asks, uh, is that him? Um, and she shakes her head. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe it's just a, a side. It, it's just the character's going to come down, ask is open. It, it, it's a, a break between the tension and then move mm-hmm. back on. Straight away, something was up. I was like, okay, he's other, another Q continuum member. Or he's a bad guy. Straight up bad guy. There you go. Like, as soon as he started re-talking to them, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is where yeah. this is going. Yeah. Uh, as soon as he started talking about sci-fi, I was like, okay, he's going to say something about the Federation. He's going to talk mm-hmm. about something. Unfortunately, it was so obviously signposted. And you know, yeah. every now and again, they talk about in uh, shows where... They make that joke that uh, someone looks so much like a cop or an FBI agent that it, mm-hmm. it's just obvious. That actor looks so much like a cop <laughs> or, or something. It's obvious. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, he's known from other things as well. Yeah, absolutely. He was he was on Twelve Monkeys, um, which the director of the show uh, worked on, and James Callis uh, oh, yeah. worked on as well before. Uh, and he did play a police officer from the forties. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. So uh, so that is he is really well known. I'm glad it was only a scene. I'm glad it wasn't something like he befriended them and then three episodes yeah. time. There's a big turn that he turns into the bad guy. Um, the way the scene plays out isn't the issue that I have, but this scene is the issue I have with the episode. Um, I really don't don't dislike anything else that went on in the episode at all. I thought it was pretty competent. Um, but the fact that it ends with two other major characters being arrested and taken into custody by yeah. the FBI, who've seen Picard beam in um, a couple of episodes ago, have seen him beam in to 10 Forward, uh, or sorry, 10 Forward Avenue, apologies. Um, <laughs> but the, the fact that that is the, the cliffhanger for the episode, because we've had that before. We've had yeah. Rios being arrested before um as the cliffhanger to an earlier episode in this season it's a short enough season overall these three seasons i think roughly are about the length of one season of the next generation they used to be 25 episode 26 episode seasons so the fact that they still have these types of episodes where they spin the wheels before they move on with the storyline just feels like a surprise yeah don't need don't need it i felt like we were moving along and there's a couple of other things that don't progress fast enough for me in this episode but particularly ending the episode again with another character that needs to be rescued in another episode it just feels uh, like a a bad choice for the episode yeah no 100 percent. like we talk about the flashback episodes Mm-hmm. Uh, across multiple um, shows, across multiple seasons that we've had. And there's been fantastic examples of really good usage of the flashback episode, really bad f- usage of a flashback episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this is their version of a flashback episode um, to a degree. They're telling the, the some of the backstory that we need while really not telling much else. But the problem is they completely reset the board or like from a character perspective to about three or four, two or three episodes ago where you're building, you're racking up 
tension. The whole point is like mm. as the season kind of grows, your your aim is to get towards the end so that you you build the tension, build the the intrigue, the storyline. Mm. Like, and essentially, what I'm finding more and more, especially with these a lot of these start stops. They're, 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 they're trying for that Netflix, as I put that Netflix cliffhanger, right? Where it's mm. every episode, oh my God, you really need to watch the next one because Picard might be dead or now he's arrested or Rios has been taken. But the trouble is you've do- literally, as the, as you've said, they've done this before. Yeah. Literally, we saw this, not like last season. Yeah, exactly. We saw it four episodes ago. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, all right, something. And now maybe because this is theoretically, like you, we say, like sometimes the, the director does two episodes. So therefore, like you could consider it almost this like a two parter, but that's problematic when it is uh, assigned across two weeks. Oh, yeah. But it, but it, again, these are the storytelling is different nowadays than it was yes. when the next generation was on in the past. You will be able to watch all 10 episodes back to back. In the past, you you were able to pick out episodes of the next generation that were completely standalone. They don't do standalone episodes anymore. It just felt like that was a hard stop in this episode. Yeah. Here's your cliffhanger, but we already had this cliffhanger. We know Picard's going to get out of it. We have another season to go, so <laughs> um, you don't really need to have him in handcuffs here. No, for the reason that they have him in handcuffs as well. But I have no issue with the with as I say the flashback part of it, which is the majority of the episode. No issue with that. Uh, no major issue at all, other than the. That final moment of the episode, I thought it was just uh, unfortunate. But let's stop moaning yes. about, our, uh, <laughs> about that point. Let's move on to some of the other major points from the episode. Uh, let's go on to our Omega Directive. Implement the Omega Directive immediately. Our medium moment from the episode. Chris, do you want to kick us off with your medium ep- moment? Sure. Um, Talon is Romulan. Yeah. <laughs> surprise! No, wait. Not surprise! <laughs> I think I'm... I think I am actually more surprised that she is Romulan now because they've gone to great lengths to conceal that she's Romulan for seven episodes. Well, for five episodes, I guess, since yeah. we uh, since we met her. Um, and it was kind of like, no, I'm not. I have no idea what you're talking about. There's no such thing as uh, as uh, Romulans coming to this planet. I have no idea who this person you're talking about is. Actually, I do because here's my ear that I've been uh, concealing for uh, from you for the last while. Um, now that I've been inside your head, I guess I'll reveal who I am. Um, I don't know. I just thought because it had been such a big diversion for the last few episodes, all of us watching the show have been going, "How could she not be Laris?" Well, she's not Laris, I guess. But I kind of wish the reveal hadn't taken this long. I wish that was the bridge that had been built between Talon and Picard before she jumped into his mind. Yeah. Um, maybe that he, she'd revealed something about herself and then she learns more about Picard rather than her going into his mind, learning all these secrets and then going, actually, I kind of didn't tell you the real truth. The real truth is you were right the whole time. So I, I, yes, I am with you on this. This is the, it's the, no, 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 no. What you think isn't right. No, 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 no. She's not, she's not Romney. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got us. She's Romulan. Actually, she it is. is. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Look, it's fine. The only way I can see them, in my opinion, like the, the next step reveal is that in actual fact, she is Laris. Talon is Laris, mm-hmm. uh, but from the past. And because of her duty as a watcher, she is, her aging has been pulled down or she goes into cryo to meet Jean-Luc in a couple of hundred years when he, mm-hmm 
when she's supposed to, she's fated to meet him in the future. Essentially, right. that's where I'm like, that's the cool flip on what we think because mm. we're like, oh no, so she's the past. Like, that's the one I'm like, okay, well then you're cool. You're setting up a love story of the ages. Yeah. She fell in love with Jean-Luc at the end of his life, um, or towards the end of his life back in the 2000s or two, mm. 2020s. And she, holds herself and then goes back to Romulus, marries as a watcher, knowing that her life is fated to still meet the man of her life, mm. the man of her dreams later on in life. Like, yeah. that's cool. Like, that's one Maybe. I'm like, okay, well, then you could do a nice storyline about this kind of, this, uh, it's the, the love unrequited. It is the love lost that both of them, it's the two ships passing in the night that they are fated Maybe. to be together, but unfortunately due to, her being married, him being 90-something when she meets him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not, never going to perfectly work out. But I don't know why you don't bring Laris with you and she has to live in the early 2000s and takes on this job as a watcher and then reconnects with Picard after being there for 25 years. You know, why don't you do it as that story rather than this kind of fake, fake out for us as the audience who know there's something going on because yeah. she clearly is the same actress even though she doesn't have an Irish accent. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she's clearly the same actress. Yeah. We've known for the whole time, and now she's revealing her ears. And it's kind of like, that's just, it doesn't feel like the reveal is right. No. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like, even if they go down the path of that, of that idea that you're saying, Chris, that fe- even that feels like a poor reveal. If she is, if she is Laris, then we should have known that for the whole time. Yeah, but she yeah, doesn't you know. know she's Laris yet. That's the bit I'm kind of going where... When they get back to the future, she goes, I remember you. Right. And it's that, yeah. that kind of bit. Then you're like, oh, okay. So then she was, and there, there's something there, and she tells him the story. It's- yeah. I feel, I feel like it's going to be that she's the ancestor in the same way that Brent Spiner has been playing playing the songs. And, yeah. yeah. And I, that's my, that's my that. slight. I'm like, well, look, with Brett Spiner, we kind of, let's be honest, we, we, we're, we're we're happy with him because it's Brett Spiner. We're okay with him being the songs because they're they're almost like they're almost like the Kirks and the Picards. They are mm. central to the mythos that is Star Trek. So you're okay to have him be the same character throughout time because you just want the actor Brett Spiner to be in your stuff. Because he brings, he is such part of it. I forgot that you missed the episode where I moaned about the fact that they used Brent Spider as a Soong again. So oh. uh, you did miss me not accepting. Okay, that I accept again. I like him. I like him <laughs> because I like Brett Spider. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like to have him in my Star Trek because he is, in my yeah. opinion, so synonymous with what is Star Absolutely. Trek. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, on... Yeah, we'll, 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 I will again with, this is with all of our shows, I withhold judgment until I've still seen the final piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will wait and see. But I do love Nora Brady. I think she's an excellent. Oh, actress. yes. I'm glad, I'm glad they found something to do for her this season. I just think the, the reveal is poor. Um, yeah. that, and it could have been revealed at the beginning and had this connection rather than having poor Jean Luc Picard looking at this woman that he knows is a Romulan going, you're definitely a Romulan. And then for three episodes, she's kind of going, no, 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 not at all. Oh, I am actually. I'm going to tell you now. I'll reveal it. Um, so that's all. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, it was your point. Anything else to say about Talon no, the Romulan? That nope. That's my real. That's my real point. So, what about you? What is your medium for this episode? This is probably my favorite point of the episode. Um, 
purely because of the reveal itself rather than the execution. Another really weird execution yeah. uh, in this episode. Jurati has been has disappeared off into LA. Um so once um Seven and Rafi do a little bit of investigation about where she was last seen and find out that she tried to kiss Rios, they realize, uh oh, something has definitely gone wrong here because if they've gotten back together, um or if if she thinks they're gonna get back together all the drama starts again, um, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. And I love the scene between uh, Rafi and Seven where they're talking about what is true, that their relationship is the central relationship that everybody wants to know about. Really, Jurati's relationship with Rios is kind of a back- background story that nobody's interested in seeing how it plays out. And I'm going, this is really writer's room stuff. Isn't yeah, it? that's I was literally, that's the writer's room. They're like taking shots at the internet. I yeah. love it. I was like, yeah, you know, like this is almost fourth wall breaking. Yeah, All you almost. just needed to do was have Seven turn to the camera and literally and wink and then yeah. walk away. Absolutely. We know you want this relationship. We know you want to hear what's going on with our relationship. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but they do track down Jurati after finding out that the that La Serena has been infected with some Borg programming, some Borg yep. code uh, from Jurati. So they do track her down. I just I was hoping that we'd see a bit more of what Jurati was doing. I thought the reveal was a little weird. She walks into a bar where there's a musician playing, which we'll talk about in a second, um, smashes a window to keep that adrenaline going. But that's the only thing that's happening there. It yep. seems like a really odd way to reveal it but the reveal itself is actually that she needs to keep up this pressure keep up this um adrenaline so that she can keep control of Jurati and eventually become a Borg queen she she will birth herself as the brand new Borg queen in this time uh first ever Borg queen on earth in the timeline I guess yeah. before they have any form of defense set up to deal with the Borg or anybody even to help them deal with this species so that big reveal that Jurati, if she does become Borg Queen here without being stopped, could infect the entire planet of Earth. And Earth could be this Borg Queen's first homeworld. Effectively. Yeah. Yeah. I like the premise Yeah, in that. Okay. So she has to basically keep the endorphins going She's mm-hmm. and keep flooding her system. So yes, as you say, keeps in, the Borg Queen stays in control, but also... So that uh, basically the more adrenaline and endorphins running through her system, the faster the replication of the nanites happen. So exactly. that was the bit I was like, okay, so that's interesting. So why didn't she just basically go to a cage match? <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. that would be cool. I want to see yeah. that. Jurati mm-hmm. in a cage match in the like, and just randomly in the dress doing kung fu moves. Like beating up men <laughs> twice her size. She may have to change it at the cocktail dress. Though, no, right? no, 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 no. She she goes up. She, they do the very much the movie thing where she rips one side of it, right? Just yep. so she can get her leg up and kick, and then that's it. That like it's a pure <laughs> cinematic kind of trope. But mm. I'm here for it. From the um, yeah, yeah. The 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 piece that really got me was essentially Seven and Rafi looking at when uh, the code is being implemented in or put into La Serena. Mm-hmm. And it's not her typing. She essentially just puts her hand on it and it glows green. Yes. And I'm like, why is that not just like setting all the alarm bells off like 10 times worse? Like that's the one where you just ping everyone and go, 
Uh, hey, yep. Um, hey, hey, guys. Yep, yep. We've got a slight situation. I'm talking to my wrist, or actually my communicator badge in this one. Hey, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, Gerardi's the board queen, and she's fully infected with nanites. Yeah. Yeah, like, we are in the past where they're, like, it just, for the, the reveal, not the reveal, well, the reveal, for the, like, because they had, they hadn't been fully aware up until that point. Yeah. For seven, she knows how bad this is. Absolutely. Like, they all, it's not like they're unknowing of the, 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 the plague that is yeah. the Borg in their time. And we don't, here at TV Podcast Industry, we, we really don't like to kind of nag or go on and beat a dead horse. Mm. But this episode just, it didn't have the gravitas. And I feel bad saying this because I know a lot of really hard actors, writers, everyone put this in. This one, it just didn't seem to fit for me. And again, right. with her, all the judgment to the end. But this, like, that reveal where they find out and they need to go, oh my God, we need to save the world. We need to save the timeline mm. from the Borg. They just kind of strolled into the bar to find her. Like, not, tell, didn't tell anyone else. Didn't yeah. kind of like, it just didn't have the gravitas. Now, in fairness, I, I I suppose I'll give I'll, I will say what we have in this episode is two parties. We've got the two of them going off to do this while um, they're trying to get Picard out of his coma. So Talon is tied up in that. Rios is tied up in that. So there's no really nobody else to call really until Rios. they go and find out what's happened. Rios is there because remember Talon is effectively knocked out as well while she's trying to get John out, out of the cover. So he has to watch over them, make sure they're safe. Um, so I can, I could see Rafi and seven going off on their own to find out how bad this really is. But yes, they revealed the end of the episode. They literally just found out at the end of the episode that there's a new board queen coming. So yeah, of course the next episode will start with them calling it in. So I, I, I get that. I do get it, but um, it just seemed like a smashed window leading them to go, Oh wow, she's creating a new Borg creed. She's, she needs to create these endorphins and the adrenaline so that she can uh, maintain this. And to the nth degree, this is now going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to Earth. And we brought it here is a massive reveal to have another, even that other scene after, which was a bad um, cliffhanger ending, um, was too much. You probably just want to put the credits right there. And yeah. Go, right next week, here, okay, here's yeah. the cliffhanger. That's all you need to do. Um, but it's a massive reveal. It's a big thing. Uh, that's happening and i've been wondering ever since i watched this episode the first time i've been wondering are we forgetting to give credit for shows that have filmed during COVID and the kind of bending and rewriting that they've had to do yeah, okay to keep these stories going with less actors on on set we know a huge amount of production companies turned their actors away if they wouldn't get vaccinated for example yep. or if they were waiting on vaccinations or if they were testing positive and had to go out and film things it felt like the Gerardi scene she walks into a bar and there's 20 extras in there and there's uh, the song going on on stage the band on stage and then she stands at a window on her own and smashes the window with no extras behind her and you're kind of going that that's a kind of a scene that would be filmed because of COVID wouldn't it that's an insert yeah. shot that yep. you need to do when you don't when you can't bring in a huge amount of extras so it feels like these shows that are coming out at the moment sometimes the decisions that are being made are different than they would be even five months later into the pandemic as they've learned 
more ways of filming and more yep. ways of doing things. So I wonder if some of the story choices in here and some of the things that are irritating about the episode might have been because they still had this window where they had to finish all the episodes and they may have had to adjust filming schedules to protect Sir Patrick yep. Stewart and yeah. other people other people around that were trying to get the filming done while COVID lockdown was still going on. I will fully take that. That is something that we are now in April 2022. For those of you listening in the future, hello, the future. welcome from the past. <laughs> um, it's great to have you here. Uh, yeah. we, we hope everything is better. Yes, um, yes we do. We really do. Um, but we forget that April 2021 was 10 times worse. Yes, it was. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. I, it's kind of like it, the world is, especially when it comes to media, entertainment things, mm-hmm. I do forget. It's almost like um, uh, we're blocking a, to a degree, blocking a trauma. And um, like, I forget the, the, the level and effort that goes into a, just a standard film, like mm-hmm. a standard movie, TV show. And again, during the COVID protocols and things like that, yeah. I, I, I do. We actually recently watched a film called The Bubble about, Ugh. literally about that. Oh, uh, at least two hour, two and a half hours too long. And I think it was only two hours and 35 yeah, minutes. <laughs> God, what happened to Judd Apatow? Anyway. That's pretty much the, the complaint I've always had about the, Judd Apatow. Oh, Maybe no. At least an hour too long. He, he he does like to pull stuff out. Welcome to a podcast within a podcast where we discuss <laughs> Judd Apatow. How bad Judd Apatow's movies have been, but they're better than all my movies. I'll yeah, tell you it's that. true. Exactly. <laughs> you shouldn't see his home movies, folks. <laughs> um, no, so that is very true. Overall, I do understand where you're coming, and I think that could uh, that could be an insert. There could be that they had to do a reshoot, mm. and because of a COVID protocol or something like that, they couldn't do it. So do you know what? We're just going to insert Gerati in the same red dress, just at a, a window by herself, because yeah. we couldn't, midway through filming, someone comes down. Because what I think you do in this kind of situation is, don't you follow the template laid out by Crank? Isn't that the entire premise of the movie Crank, is that he needs to keep his adrenaline going, yeah. so he goes to more and more extreme activities. So you send Gerati off on... I don't know, send her off bungee jumping or something. Oh send her off to do something. That's, that's a really bad example. That would be awful in the episode. But effectively, I thought she was going into the bar to chat up some guy and take him home. Yeah. And have sex, and have sex with him because the whole previous episode, it was all about this sexy new Jurati with the board queen giving her all the confidence. So Jurati would never be someone that would walk straight into a bar, get a hot guy and bring him home. So I thought that's a, there, there would be a great way to do it, wouldn't it? You, you go in. Um, she picks up someone from a bar and she keeps the adrenaline going, right? It- I thought they were... So that has been done in a film in the 90s called Species. Oh, um, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly where my head went when yeah. she was in there and that guy, the big red-headed bearded guy who looks like some kind of Viking. I was like, oh, they're going down that speed. Cool. Uh, side note for all of our listeners, uh, to show you how innocent... Um, and uh, sometimes crazy Christopher Jones is. Um, <laughs> as a child, uh, I thought Species was called Speckies. Speckies. Speckies, yeah. Uh, and I don't know why. Uh, I, I, I can read. I read quite well. Uh-huh. Sometimes just like y- Yosemite. Uh, for the longest of time, I didn't know 
uh, Yosemite Park. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know how it was spelled. I've heard it many times. So uh, when I had seen it uh, written down, I was like, Yosemite? What is a Yosemite? Uh-huh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but I guess speckies is because you knew it was a horror movie and you're scared of people who wear glasses. Pretty much. Yeah. I, 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 it's fear of oneself <laughs> almost. Yes. Like, so, uh, but anyway, um, I did think that's where they were going and mm. potentially that is what they would have filmed or nearly did film and then maybe for whatever and they went, reason. Oh, well, maybe we need to cut the extras on the show because bringing in one person, a day player for a day yep. opens up our COVID bubble. So we need to cut that day. And, you know, maybe again, I'm probably giving them excuses for an episode that wasn't the best episode of the season. Um, Let's hope. But, but I would have preferred like the way you that. go. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be yeah. cool if you had Crank in Star Trek Picard? Uh, <laughs> She's just episodes. like double fisting, like two Red Bulls and meth. Yeah, something like, well, something like that. Yeah, or like, or she does the sex. The, the basically takes the guy home, has sex, and you see yeah. those um, the the bored tentacles come out of her mm, and starts like to almost like cool? assimilate that other fella. Mm. That's cool. That's then. Oh my god! Like, oh my god, the Borg are starting off early. Oh my god, there's already a Borg drone yeah. in the early two thousand two thousand twenties. Like, mm-hmm. this is cool. Yeah, it just didn't. But anyway, let's move on. Maybe that's on. next episode. Yeah, exactly. just spoiled it. <laughs> oh, she could have gone home with it. We could have just figured out that how the birth of the Borg Queen and the first Borg drone happens. There you go. There you go. But I did I did love the reveal. Um, yes. The fact that we that, that La Serena has had such an impact on this world. It makes you almost wonder, have they created the event that has caused <laughs> the problem? They thought it was to stop Rene Picard, but actually it's them going back in time, being drawn there by Q has caused them to create the Borg Queen. Yeah. And the whole society of Earth has come together to stop the Borg Queen and created an insular human society that doesn't want to deal with aliens, effectively, and has eventually goes on to become the Confederation. So maybe this is it. Once again, maybe they haven't stopped the big plan. Maybe they've created it. Um, so, it, so it is the biggest moment for me from the episode, even though it's my medium point. Yes. But let's jump into our big moments because I also want to talk, I want to jump off that, springboard off that thought into my big point for this episode. So let's jump into our big points. We must face the ramifications of the prime directive. Excellent. Chris, what is your prime directive from the episode? So my prime directive is Rios is not following the prime directive (laughs) for (laughs) time travel. Like, oh my God. Like, so springboarding off your conversation, uh, I, there is a high probability and chance they are making waves, not just like puddles and little kind of soft, shallow, kind of relaxing kind of flows of water as it trickles <laughs> over you. Like they're doing tsunamis of event changes here. Just yeah. as a quick recap, we have multiple people seeing people transporting stuff in and out. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, video evidence. We have um, a truckload of deportees uh, being um, basically stolen and set free. Um, mm-hmm. We have a massive crashed spaceship coming in over the US into France. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that could probably be noticed uh, because they didn't have the... the uh, cloak up at that point mm. uh we have a, secu- uh, a guard a security officer who's has a large amount of missing time um or she's a security a police officer in france with missing time yep. because he was theoretically going to be in a lot of psychiatric 
kind of uh, sessions going yep. forward because of the horror story that he has lived through. Um, so there is this. They are making these waves just consistently going through it, and like they're not being too gentle. But as always with Star Trek, they're saying they are being gentle. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> oh, no, no, we have to be careful of the butterfly wings. What if a gust of wing causes that tsunami and hurricane later? Mm-hmm. I'm like, honey, you have just created, like, tidal waves yeah. across the world here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is it, just exacerbated by Rios in this episode for me. And I think this mm-hmm. is what caused it. Because I kind of enjoyed this will-they-won't-they with this doctor. He's he's the hopeless romantic. He's this captain of a starship. He's the cigar holding, not smoking <laughs> uh captain. He's the like yeah. yeah, he's like the Latin heat blood of the the he's the harsh, he's the action hero. Mm-hmm. And it was almost just forced. Like he did not need to tell the doctor and the kid everything. He could have just, like, he was like, the joke she made was like, uh, oh, I am human. She goes, you're saying that with a bit too much conviction. Why are you mm-hmm. constantly even for, for, like, he could have just gone, yeah, fair point. Um, I won't tell you. And then when she, he transports away at the end, she's like, oh my God, he was an alien. Ah, that's where <laughs> you leave it. Also, one point just really in this. Mm-hmm. He transports in a medical device from 400 years in the future, which is essentially a point and click, and she still manages to know what to do with it. Well, she is a doctor, and it is built for doctors. I kind of get that. It's not like she's she's being given a weapon from the future and wouldn't know how to use that. She is a doctor. It's effectively wave this wand over his head uh, (laughs) at this moment, and you'll be grand. You'll you'll see. So why couldn't he do it? Because um, he's, he's an engineer. He's not a doctor. He's a doctor. It's built for doctors. <laughs> sure. Okay. I I like your logic. <laughs> I'm trying, man. Yeah, trying. I know. So this just, this one really got to me because he essentially just transports in a piece of basically future tech. And yep. I do like the whole idea of uh, magic is essentially just can be, or technology can be construed as magic for those far enough away. And essentially that's what it was. It's this wand that she just waves over Picard's head and fixes him to a degree. Um, And then he doubles down by kind of having the conversations about how he is kind of really nice. He is human and he's a starship man and he's from space. And I'm like, okay, Fine, you're kind of. She's just going to be the, the the crazy woman who the the man who fell to earth kind of storyline. She fell in love with a, an alien. That's mm. fine. And he just transports them to La Serena just to yes. prove it. That's yeah. the one that that's literally not just um kind of you know where you go back in time and you squash a bug and that kills all the dinosaurs forever. Mm. Like that's not that. That's basically burning down the whole forest when you first go in and killing everything. <laughs> kind of. Remember, Rios is, uh, has a different idea of what's happening here with Teresa. Um, he believes he's going to have a relationship with Teresa, despite the conversation he had last week with Rafi. Yeah. He thinks, if I just say to Rios, you can't do this. Remember, she's from the past. You'll ruin the timeline. He's kind of going, yeah, I can do this. No problem at all. I, I, I could sort this out. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with her. We have talked before about Picard this season 
and their references to The Voyage Home, the most successful Star Trek movie uh, out there. This whole scene is actually just a reference to to The Voyage Home. Um, this is exactly the conversation that uh, Captain James T. Kirk has with a human on Earth back in the 80s. She says to him, are you from outer space after working out that he he seems to have knowledge that he shouldn't have? And he goes, no, no, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. It's the exact line that he that he says to her. And that's what Rios says to to Teresa here. She asks, is he from outer space? And he goes, no, I'm from Chile. I only work in outer space. Yeah. And in the same way, in that scene from The Voyage Home, Kirk brought Gillian, the the, uh, the woman who was looking after the whales, She he brought her to his spaceship in the exact same way as Rios brings Teresa to his spaceship, La Serena. So it is actually just a big reference to The Voyage Home. It just doesn't work the same way here. Yeah. When you're in a series, because... You're kind of thinking that's just one person that he's bringing, that Kirk is bringing on board his, uh, his enterprise at the time. She's totally clued in now. She's going to help him out. Their mission is to save whales and bring them into the future. So she's on board for the full mission. Trace is just here really because they needed a place to work on Picard. She's not part of the mission to save the world. She doesn't know anything that's going on with why this crew is here. And they've just brought her and, his, and her, what, eight, nine-year-old son aboard a spaceship from 400 years in the future? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big reveal, even though it's really only just a reference to Star Trek IV. It's just we a hope big reveal it is, to have though. two different characters. But it's so specific, Chris. It's the it's specific lines and exactly what happens with Gillian. Okay, in that yeah, movie. no, it's the line. If it, if it wasn't the line, I disagree and say no, no, no. It's just a plot device. They 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 just need to ramp up the the tension for that final scene before they go back to the future. Mm-hmm. And it's he him having to who's he's hopelessly fallen in love with this woman from the past, and it's like that. The line then just yes, okay, it is fine. I, it is exactly what you're saying it is because yeah. that line is so specific and transporting her aboard the spaceship is yeah. exactly the yeah. same thing that Kirk does so both things combined together it's all a reference it just doesn't feel like it works right here no. but we also know now Rios is most likely going to stay back here in this time he's too complimentary about 2024 yep. <laughs> he has a, a love interest right now they've pretty much cut off the possibility that he's still in love with Chirati or their relationship's going to get back together they've kind of cut all that off so Rios is of all of the crew He's definitely staying back here in this time, right? But he can't because he dies in the beginning. So in order for them to get back to the future to stop the destruction Mm -hmm. of everything with the new Borg Queen, he has to go back too. This is the time loop craziness. Unless he goes back and then goes back again to the past. But then we already know it's not that simple because they needed the Borg Queen to time travel around the sun. There's all, it's just this timey, it's the fun part of Doctor Who timey-wimey craziness. Mm. They need him in the future for that part because if he doesn't go back, he's not there on his starship mm-hmm. when the Borg Queen is there and that is what they're trying to stop. But then he's just marked as a casualty of the battle. So there's a way around. May okay, yeah, maybe. You know. the, my my view is essentially what's gonna happen now is on whenever they are going back, mm-hmm. everyone else steps onto the ship and he doesn't. Or right. it's it'd be something like that. Yeah. Or it's essentially they need someone to stay behind to blow up the bomb and he sacrifices and says, I'll stay, you guys go. Yeah. Because and I don't mind and he then he comes back into the clinic 
after she's crying that he's left her. And he's just <laughs> Well, I'm not going to predict the exact scenes of I what am. happened. <laughs> I'm kind of going, it's likely. They're setting it up that he has a life yes. that he's laying out for himself here. He's already getting along with their son and being great friends with him. And now he's revealed that he's a, an astronaut from the future. So, uh, and showing off his ship. So yeah. it's pretty likely that he's going to stay connected to them i doubt he's going to bring them forward into the future at least it's uh, true there seems to be much more rules about that than there is about going into the past and breaking time there seems to be much more <laughs> rules about bringing people from the past into the future that doesn't happen very often no oh, but i'd like to see i'd like to see that one. That would be cool. except for one show of course uh, discovery that's exactly what happens over yeah <laughs> true <laughs> that they're just going to start referencing every other star trek show <laughs> but that is my point that is it mm-hmm. i just want to see what happens um because, yeah, it's just the, the prime directive of time travel, not yeah. the main Starfleet Federation or a confederation mm-hmm. uh, prime directives, the, the time travel prime directive. Uh, that is being broken left, right and center. Absolutely. Anyway. Absolutely. I think we'll finish out in kind of the big uh, central part yes. of the episode. The um, reveal, I suppose, of, of the thing that's been playing out over and over again since the series began. Uh, what's going on inside Picard's mind? What is this memory that he has of his childhood? Um, I'll echo a little bit again. I don't want to just start off on a negative note, but I will echo exactly what you said earlier on, Chris. The one frustration of this is that they did spend quite a lot of time in here on this story, and it ends with, oh, something else happened. I guess we'll come back to that later. I just thought that was a bit of an odd thing to do. Leave him in the coma and just continue to explore it yeah. across this episode and into the next if you need more time. Um, but Right, let's quickly go through the reveal, because we were wrong about what we thought had happened. We had thought that that what had happened was the Borg Queen is the one that attacks his mother, um, drags her into the basement, and something bad happened to her, maybe killed her, and that has been impacting on uh, Jean-Luc Picard for all the rest of his life. Yeah. What we find, at least in the bits that are revealed to us in this episode, is that actually his mother had some form of mental breakdown, tried to bring Picard with her into the basement area, which is known to be dangerous underneath the Chateau Picard. Um, his father had told him not to go down there. There are lots of, pl- of ways to get lost, lots of ways to die down there. And purely because Picard dropped his notepad on the way down is why his father realizes where they are and does save him after he's been down there for a few hours left alone. Mm. Now, because a lot of this is playing out in what's being told, uh, as voiceover and some bits of what's being uh, shown in a fantasy that Picard is talking about, you're not, I'm not entirely sure of how it exactly played out, whether Jean-Luc did put his foot through a, a rotten board and was stuck there for hours. His father seems to come in really quickly after that, so that's not that can't be exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, but something happened that he was locked down in the basement with his mother and his mother is having some form of break, some form of uh, of psychotic break is going on with her. Picard has always blamed his father for this, and that has is what's pushed him to be the person he's he has been. Talon says to him, "This is a, this is probably a good thing. You got to remember what this how this drove you in the future. Take the positive from it. Take the fact that this horrible thing happened to you as a child and realize what it did for you to save millions of people in the galaxy." And then he realizes that his father potentially was actually just trying to help his mother with all. That was inside him. So he has a moment of a bit of freedom from that hatred of his father and that uh, fear of what happened to his mother. But there is something else. Yeah. 
So what did you think of this part of it, Chris? I know I know the story's not over, but as as we had thought it was more of a a monster idea, more that we would see a Borg queen crawling out from underground to grab his mother, this idea that actually she has her, uh, psychological issues and that's the monster that's within yeah. the Picard family. What did you think of that as the reveal of the episode? So I like I like the premise that the, the mental illness is the monster. Like I, I like that. Absolutely. The only and I sorry, so let me start with so I like that that premise. I really do. I like that, that his mother like the storyline that his mother has been battling these demons. Mm-hmm. Um and essentially that's what the two people that grab the, the child Picard and uh Talon is his mother's demons, per se. She's battling these, and his father had always said she is battling demons, probably along those lines, and that's what mm-hmm. like, he formed up in his mind. And his mother lent into potentially more... He's had psycho, psychological breaks. She believed maybe some aspects of this. She was running from these demons, from something, etc., etc., etc. I really enjoyed that premise. I like that. That's a that's a unique thing that he's been repressing this. The confusing element is the story aspect of it by making it fantasy, because mm-hmm. it's only towards the end that I fully understood, and it's only again through talking and kind of breaking it down in my head. It's a bit hard to follow. Mm-hmm. Like because of everything being so, uh, so so ethereal, so fantastical, so yeah. it's the the, the 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 painting starting to move and think. If it was just, for example, like they they wasn't those kind of more fantastical elements of it, and it wasn't for, like it was just a it was a memory playing it that they were. They were pretending a day where the mother and son were staying and they were playing pretend and all these types of things. It's not like he was super, super young. So his imagination was, should be blowing everything out. Mm. He looks like potentially 12 ish about that age. And this. Well, I think the point, the point probably of that is again, remember it's over 90 years since this happened to Jean Luc and it is a big moment, which he's built up in his mind to be. Uh, the moment that he realized his father uh, was his antagonist, was yes. his was his monster. But he is misremembered um, because of everything that was going on. Yeah. He's misremembered and misunderstood uh, what's happened with his mother. I, I really like this. I thought this was a great reveal. It's unfortunate that we thought really that it was going to be something connected to the Borg Queen um, in the past because that kind of shaped it. Um, the actual reveal in the episode, I think, is a much better reveal. And I yeah. kind of wish it had come in a maybe in an earlier episode or maybe in a slightly different way because as you say how it's told in here with the fantasy element with the um idea that picard actually doesn't know what's happening here because he he's misremembering it and then the real memory comes towards the end or the real scene of what's happening comes towards the end and it's 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 confusing yes and it, it, it you find it difficult and then to break it with all right, there's actually more to this memory as Picard takes out his key, puts it towards the lock of the door that his mother is locked behind and then puts it back in his pocket. Um, what what more is it going to be? What's, what's the next reveal for next week's episode or the next time they come back to the story? Maybe even next season. Picard seems okay when he comes back out of the coma. So, um, So is it to be revealed that he 
continued to keep his mother under lock and key that he is the monster that he's fighting against is that the reveal i i, I don't know yeah uh, what it's going to be but it's unfortunate that you go through this really complicated way of telling the story and then don't finish it when you have the opportunity and i think that that's i think that's mostly what has soured me on this mm. and i think it is that i think if they it's like again you're right you put up so more eloquently than I could. It is slightly, it is the confusing nature of the, the, the storytelling in this, which is, it's just, I wasn't a hundred percent what is right, what is wrong. Yeah. What is happening until we kind of wrote it down. And I don't think a lot of the audience are going to dive into it as much and as deep as we did, except those listening to TV podcast industries on any good or evil federation or confederation podcast catcher. Um, In fairness, most of our audience are much more intelligent than we it's are. true. Uh, that, that is very true as well. Um, uh, but a set, for me, what it came down to was just that ending. And I'm like, wait, was this so that maybe there is a whole board queen aspect to it? Mm. But maybe that's just something that's in our head now because we yeah. got the board queen part. We just didn't get the, maybe that'll, it, it's, I, I, I think they wanted it to be more, Oh my God, there's more to the story. Ah, like we're going to learn. It just unfortunately didn't land that way. It literally finished to, it's not like if he was, had been ripped out of this scene, right? It's like, it's not if they were running out of battery on the device, right? Mm-hmm. And literally, they, him and, or Picard and Talon take out the key and they're about to open the door to reveal yeah. the next part. And then they're ripped out and like, oh, then she goes, oh, it only works every eight hours. Like, oh, okay, well, fine. Then go do the other thing and we'll come straight back to this point. But he happily exits. Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, and by the way, it only works every eight. I'm like, oh, come, no, really. Like that, that, that is literally a plot armor of that. The device we magically made up only works every eight hours. So you know what? Um, that was the bit that I was like, oh, you could literally spend another two seconds and just go through and go back in, but no. Yeah. So, um, I think it, that is the bit that kind of really got to me and for it to be then, uh, the, Know thyself is to know thy enemy. Reveal that the 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 father, the the imagination of the father and the mother, reveal to him. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. Like let's because the mother battling this her own demons, her own mm-hmm. depression, or her own mental illness, and it being misremembered by the the son. And yep. that being transferred to the father than as an antagonist, but in actual fact, Monsieur Picard, the the the, the father who mm-hmm. he always thought was really evil and wrong, was actually protecting his son from a mother who lost herself to mental illness and yeah, based, like that's a beautiful story. It just got lost in this kind of quagmire yeah. of kind of both visual storytelling and. Again, this just kind of this strange editing of of when to cut films or when to cut the episodes and kind of move mm-hmm. points around. Yeah, and it also connects in really well with the story from René Picard last week. He told René Picard that his mother battled with demons yeah. in the past. You know, he kind of he he is aware of this. It it, it has been something there, so it it could have tied in really well with this episode. But to make it this way 
and to not end the story just feels a bit odd. I feel like I've been really negative with this episode. Yeah, and, I'm and, not negative no. watching the episode itself. I watched the episode twice overall. It is really good as an episode. The reveal itself is a really good reveal. It just feels it wasn't written the way it could have been, and, and it could have been a better episode, even with exactly the same um, premise and exactly the same storyline. It just feels like some things are missing from the episode to make it better. And unlike last week, which was only a 30-minute episode, this was a full 40-minute episode. So uh, it just could have had bits moved around and, and bits massaged a little bit better. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate because uh, overall, it's a good revealing episode just with a weird um, end to it that uh, that feels like we're spinning the wheels and, and another half of next week's episode is going to have to be how they get Picard and Guinan out of jail. Yep. Exactly. But... Before we get into our final what we thought, because that pretty much was yours, but let's kind of, let's spin the wheel slightly mm-hmm. on our side. Let's <laughs> move into uh, our notes or, or something else. Just because I mentioned it earlier on, I just want to come back and uh, and say that the singer in the bar that uh, Gerati goes into is Sonny Ozell, who's the wife of Patrick Stewart, the first time they've worked together. So uh, so that's her on stage, uh, their first, first appearance in any Star Trek property and the first time they've worked together, other than those awesome um, readings from Shakespeare that Patrick Stewart was doing during during the lockdown, which was set up by his wife, uh, Sonny Ozell, to keep him active throughout lockdown. I, I, I do not say this often about uh, Mr. Patrick, Sir Patrick Stewart, but I did not know that when you pointed that out. I was like, really? Wow. Yeah. Beauty yeah. and the Beast. And Sir Patrick Stewart is not a beast. I'm not saying that. I'm just like, <laughs> the difference. Wow, sir. Well done. Well done. There you go. They've been together for many, many years as well. So, uh, so great to see her uh, in in Star Trek Picard as well. Uh, I've already mentioned the uh, the my favorite line from the episode, um, but there is one other great one, which is as uh, Talon arrives into the uh, the slightly crazy uh, mind of Picard. Uh, what's going on with the um, with the the memories of the castle Picard or the Chateau Picard? Um, her first line as she arrives is fantastic. She goes, "Wow!" and he's sober. I'd love to see what five drink Picard is like. I bet he's a blast. <laughs> I like it. I like it. There you go. Anything from you, Chris? Uh, just that the, the floating sun um, is 100% mm. something that they're going to put out uh, as something. And like that is a, a there was, will be a Picard Amazon, uh, something <laughs> you can order as a memorabilia. Um, I also, I tried to pause it, but I can't. There is definitely some Easter eggs in the psychiatric um, office, um, the psychiatrist's office, there's definitely some Easter eggs there. I just don't know what they are, um, so I am pretty. <laughs> well, sure. that is uh, that is Jean Luc Picard's ready room, um, as he calls out. It's not actually the psychiatrist's office; it's actually uh, Jean Luc's ready perfect. room. So, uh, but we don't know what ship it's on. Um, yeah. We never saw the ready room on uh, the Enterprise E, as far as I remember, which was the last one we remember he was in command of, and then he was in charge of a ship that we never saw the ready room of at the start of, of Star Trek Picard and those early flashbacks, those yeah. ones from a few years before. Um, so we never saw the ready room of either of those two ships, but that is his ready room. Um, you but did f- remind me, though, uh, as um, Talon arrives in, she also hears loads of clips of Patrick Stewart in the past as Jean-Luc Picard, loads of Jean-Luc Picard quotes, including I'm the cutest of Borg, um, many of his big moments from throughout the history of Next Generation. And a lot of them connected to episodes that had Q in them. So, um, so yes. So I guess those kind of Easter eggs are tied into the overarching story of, yeah. of what's happening with Q here. Fantastic. On that note, shall we wrap it up? 
Absolutely. Chris, what did you think of the episode? Since I already kind of gave my opinion, what do you think overall of the episode? I'm not going to uh, um, uh, flog a dead horse or in the uh, immortal words uh, of um, Simpsons, stop it, he's already dead. <laughs> um, I Again, there was there's a lot right with this episode. I think mm-hmm. the reason I am a bit more harsh is because to date, I really enjoyed a lot of Picard. Yeah. And they, for majority of it, they have got more right than they have got the, the misses or yep. got wrong. And I, I don't want to say they got wrong. It's just a miss. It's just like it was so close to the bullseye for a lot of it. It's just some of them have just slightly off center and they're, there's choices and I'm, they could be because of COVID. They could be because of reshoots. They could be because of a greater storyline that will be told over the next three episodes. Yeah. But it just felt off. And I think that's, it's for, for such a strong show, for a show that is strong in direction, strong in editing, strong in writing, mm-hmm. uh, and strong in the lore itself. Some of the story beats, some of the story choices, and some of the editing choices and the composition of the episode mm. just didn't feel as close to perfect, or not, I don't want to call it perfect because it's not, but I think as, as great as it can be, and I, of what I know, Picard season two and Picard as a series yeah. across, across the two seasons can be. And I think that's just why I'm a bit more, it's like, I'm not angry. I'm not annoyed. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> uh, I yeah. think that's it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know. I remember when we got to episode nine of the last season, the penultimate episode of season one, which we'd all, which we'd been really enjoying as well, and it just had a terrible episode. The penultimate episode was awful. Yeah. Um, where they made some really bad story choices, and they mopped them up for the most part in the final episode. Um, and we got it. And but I still say that episode probably, if it wasn't podcasting on it, might have made me delay jumping into the following yeah. week's episode um this isn't that bad this no. episode is not that bad i'm absolutely ready to go into next week's episode it's just i hate knowing that we now have to go through another break them out of uh of the prison yeah. uh episode for for the start of next week it just i don't know that that's the only thing i, I uh, disliked about it so not as bad as uh, season one episode nine anyway <laughs> exactly and it's weird in in a world of uh, original cable te- television they had to spin the wheel because they had a certain number of episodes and time and things that they had to fill you had to fill x amount of time if you were a 44 minute show because that was the full hour with ads and you had to yep. fill like a 22 a season episode season order things like five that. 25 back, back when they started on, yeah. on next generation yeah in the world of streaming and the internet, you can have 30, you can do 22 minute episodes, 33, 44, 48. You, the choice is yours. And a 10 episode season, if they felt they couldn't get it, they could have just done nine with something else, like a, a wrap up at the end. No, not really, because remember, this is Paramount Plus. They're looking for subscriptions. So that's why the show comes out weekly. So they want 10 weeks out of it. I get your point. But this is that's not how streaming works. They will they're getting ten weeks so they can get they can t- get ten weeks of subscriptions from True. their audience and move them on to the next season of Discovery or Strange New Worlds when this one finishes. So they will have fifty two weeks worth of programming. They wouldn't cut an episode just because they're on streaming. But they just need to ne- need to make their stories better. I was really surprised actually. And we kind of mentioned this. I think it might have been off uh, the podcast last week. I was really surprised that. Once again, in this episode, it felt like we were going in and out of ad breaks. Um, 
every yeah. time an act <laughs> finished, it felt like we had exactly the same music that you used to get going into ad breaks and then the same music coming back in to resolve yeah. the issue, which I'm sure as fans of Star Trek The Next Generation, all of these writers are fully aware that that's the structure that you build a Next Generation episode of, is you build it into you know, four or five bits so you can put in ad breaks. That's the way they were always structured. But it feels weird when you're watching a streaming show that has moments where it should be going to an ad break every 10 minutes. It felt that that feels weird. Um, yeah. So I get it. Maybe they're looking for that um, linear TV uh, money for uh, for the show to go on to uh, cable TV after it's been on Paramount Plus for a while. Yeah. Future. So knows? it's already cut for that. Um, but anyway. Yes. That's it for our uh, discussion about Star Trek Picard season Two episode seven. Let's go off to the pub. Yes. Okay, we're heading into Ten Forward Avenue, and more importantly, Ten Forward the pub mm-hmm. for a pub quiz. Now, typically, this is we say, John, do you want to tell us your Ten Forward pub quiz question? But we do not have a John. So, instead of Mister Harrison, Derek, do you want to give our lovely <laughs> listeners there? 10 forward pub quiz question for this episode that was a lot of explanation for an error when they haven't heard john chris uh, yes of course uh, the question for this week's episode uh, question seven of our series for the pub quiz is what bar does queen Girati go to in this episode what's the name of the bar that queen Girati goes to in this episode there you go one more time for the back row what bar does Queen Girati go to in this episode? The name of the bar is what we're looking at. Answers can be sent to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Remember, you can do it for each and every episode or hold it to the end and just make sure you get them in all one go uh, and just send it to, again, feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com for some amazing Picard goodies at the end absolutely yeah yeah we'll be uh we got some great goodies for star trek picard season one and we'll be uh getting some really good ones for season two as well so uh please add to the uh the pub quiz we're looking forward to hearing your answers uh only three more questions to go let's pop on over for some feedback from our fellow trekkies starting off with Bethania locklear who says hello fellow trekkies as per usual i am enjoying your review of this show who wouldn't not much about the season of Picard has left me with questions, except the whole Watcher thing with Laris or her ancestor or whomever it was. I feel like I remember when he first meets her, he looks at her ears and she isn't Romulan. But then in the last episode, she clearly speaks the Romulan language. Notice that thanks to closed captioning. I believe it happened in a scene at the pre-quarantine space party and no one bats an eyelid. Then in this episode, she removes the illusion and shows him that she is, in fact, a Romulan. Am I confused? Did I miss something? Or is it all just timey-wimey stuff? So now Rios. Is he just saying heck with the butterfly effect? And I'm going <laughs> to spill and I'm going to spill all the beans. And with perfect timing because no one else is on the ship when Seven, Seven and Rafi were literally just there. Stranger things have happened, but apparently in 2024, it's really easy for time travelers to get caught and arrested. Also, the communicator badges suck. I've seen many Star Trek fights where no one loses a communicator, but Picard's bumped into the bar and his just fumbles off. I don't buy it. Can't wait to see how they get out of this one. And has Q lost all of his powers? Is he still a Q since he can't be summoned? That's all for now. Take care over there. Prithidia. See, there's Prithidia coming in with pretty much all of our points uh, from the episode overall. <laughs> but thanks thanks for listening along. Um, you didn't miss anything? Yes. I forgot to mention last week's episode. Um, yeah. Talon does curse effectively in Romulan. 
So uh, there's a moment where she says something in Romulan, but it's uh, I, I believe that she's cursing in Romulan. So, but that's supposed to tip us off as an audience that uh, that she is a Romulan has just been hiding it, I suppose. Um, so you didn't miss anything. It is supposed to be this um, reveal now in this episode that she is a Romulan, but it do, it does feel like a weird reveal. Um, as for the communicator badges, I noticed that as well. Thanks for uh, reminding us of that, Parthenia. Um, it felt like Picard is knocking off the communicator so his the rest of his crew can find him because it doesn't feel like it fell off by accident. And as you know, exactly as you say, many, many fights have happened and those communicator badges don't come off. So I feel like Picard was knocking it off to leave it behind as a tracer for everybody to know where he is and where he's gone to. Yeah, I, uh, it's also that it's that kind of you don't want alien t- or future technology being put into the hands of government authorities in uh, 2024. There's an yes, because the last well. member of the crew that was arrested, of course, uh, Rios, that was exactly his problem. He was trying to get his communicator back for two or three days yep. um, after being arrested. So uh, so potentially that as well. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. And Pythenia, you're right. Uh, Q, maybe Q is not uh, a Q anymore. Maybe he's mm. an R, an S, or a T. Um, who knows what he, he, he... There's at least 20 other letters in the alphabet he could become. I guess we'll find out more about who Q truly is uh, <laughs> next episode, because that is the yes. entire plan, right? Yes, exactly. Thank you so much, Parthenia. Thanks, Parthenia. Now, we have an email from the one and only Victor Von Doom. Greetings, Trekkies. Wow, just when I thought this series was peaking, the writers, Joe Mendez and co, kicked it up another notch. Mm. The casting was excellent. Some of my favourite are featured here. James Callis from Battlestar Galactica, Jay Carnes from S.H.I.E.L.D. and Sons of Anarchy, and Madeline Wise from Curb Your Enthusiasm. This episode was chock full of WTF moments. It feels so much more than just another Star Trek episode. The scenes with Stuart and Callis were both riveting and a bit confusing until later in the episode. What? Picard had daddy issues was momental <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to the rest of Picard's stories mm. looks like Rios would have to take Dr. Teresa and son back to the future with him enjoying the ride so far as always I look forward to TVPI podcasts and wonderful feedback peace and love Victor Von Doom thank you so much Victor yes Rios Probably is. We talked a lot about it. He might have to take Dr. Teresa back to the future with him. Yeah. Uh, but then that's an even more crazy, uh, timey wimey shock to the times timeline than, um, even him staying there. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see where they go with this. Yeah. It feels like he's going to stay there. I think he's, he's kind of already mentioned he has no ties in the future. He talks about the fact that he doesn't have a father figure. That's why he kind of latched onto Picard. That feels like. You know, I'm severing all my ties with the future and I'll stay here with you yeah. and your and your lovely son. But just so you know, we don't have any lies between us. I'm from the future yeah. uh, and I have a big spaceship. Isn't that cool? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, though. Thanks so much for your feedback as well, uh, Victor, because it's good to hear another side of it. I'm glad you enjoyed the episode a bit exactly. more than we did this time. Over on Facebook, Dr. Bob Phillips shared his thoughts uh, about the episode, calling it Indiana Talon and the Dungeons of Doom meets <laughs> the Bacardian Prince as the main plot. Spiced with daddy issues, with two romantic sub-themes providing counterpoint to them. At least the kiss almost dropped in episode 7. And that was a really, really Netflix episode 2 cliffhanger. Why do we have to wait a week? Boiling it down really, really well there, Dr. Bob, once again. Yes, thank you so much, Dr. Bob. And yeah, exactly, actually... For someone who's been with us since back in the Defenders days, back all mm-hmm. the way back to Daredevil, it is exactly a Netflix episode two cliffhanger. Yeah. It, like that is the dun dun dun. 
but in fact, it was um, Picard episode two when Rios was arrested. Uh, so, <laughs> they did, so they did have that cliffhanger back then. True, Thanks so much, Dr. Bob, and thanks, of course, to all the rest of our fellow Trekkies and Trekkers. We hope you stay subscribed to the podcast, and if you enjoy what you hear, why not share the podcast with your friends? Because sharing the podcast is sharing the love. This episode of TV Podcast Industries was brought to you by our supporters over on Patreon, including Alex Baelish. Thank you so much, Alex, for your support. Yes, thank you so much, Alex. And if you want to be like Alex, do you know what? You can be as cool as Alex Baelish. Yes, he is that cool. But you know why? Because he goes on over to patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries, where for a single intergalactic credit, I know they don't use credit in the future. Please don't come at me. I... <laughs> You can support us over on Patreon. Yes, it's it a is. bar of Latinum, Chris. Okay, there we are. So the yeah. uh, the Frangies here don't come yeah. at me. Um, everything is free, but we can't materialize our editing time. But you can support us with all the bills and everything to keep this podcast going. We really do appreciate any and all support. And if you don't want to do uh, an ongoing monthly fee and prefer just a one-off donation, you can pop on over to buymeacoffee.com/slash. TVPI, where you can literally buy Mr. Derek, our editor-in-chief, a coffee as he toils away the wee hours in his own dungeon of editing, uh, also called his office. There you go. There you go. I was accused this week, uh, Chris, of using my editing time to edit out all the times you've sang in key or in tune. Uh, that, 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 that is, I can categorically agree. That is true. I, it's really true. Seriously, I am an amazing singer. I am literally operatic. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. No, th- thank you. I, I wish that were true. But um, <laughs> my even my ability to hold a tune or singing key, it's just not there. I am good at many other things. <laughs> Musically, I am not talented. We are not. We are not uh, exaggerating. I'm not spending my time auto-tuning Chris's voice <laughs> to make it sound off-key either. Uh, I promise uh, I, I don't use my time for that. But thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with Star Trek Picard Season 2, Episode 8. Your feedback on the show and our next question in the 10 Forward Pub Quiz. We are also covering Marvel's Moon Knight on our main feed on TV Podcast Industries and on Defenders on TV Podcast Industries. So make sure you follow us over there if you're interested in hearing our thoughts on the excellent Marvel's Moon Knight. Yes. Looking forward to episode four next week. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Goodbye, our fellow Trekkies and Trekkers. In the immortal words of Mr. John Harrison, keep watching those stars. Bye. Bye.